0: The pros of Blood and Lies, Twisted Duet book one, are as follows. Number one, the book read like butter. I was able to know that I was going to finish this book before I finished the first page. And that was because the editing was so smooth on this thing that I never hiccup or stuttered Over any of the passages in this book, it was very tight in its structure and but not so tight that it didn't allow me to read it and be able to just glide over the words. So this book is extremely readable. Its readability is a five out of five. And I think that'll end it for me. This dark romantic tale tells the story of Costello and Tatum. Costello is the identical twin, the only surviving identical twin of a mafia family. His brother was killed, and in order for Costello to be able to rightly mourn his brother's death and then his father's eventual death, is for him to exact some revenge. Costello's revenge extends over into Tatum's life. Tatum is the young woman or the female lead of this story. He captures her. After months of surveillance, of following, of tapping, he finally decided that he was going to literally pull the trigger and decide to bring her in to be Imprisoned in his dungeon of sorts, and his whole motivation for all of this is revenge. I struggled to find many things beyond the readability of this story enjoyable. Um, I don't know if I have become too jaded when it comes to reading uh, this type of story because it does have to follow. A certain type of a pattern because we have to get our prisoner in her submissive state and we have to get our you know uh, torturer in his position so I really don't have an issue with the way that this author put these two people in the same space in order for the torment to begin what I had an issue with was Costello's motivations and I don't want to even pick on this author particularly simply because this author did a fine job. And I'm pretty damn sure that the people who read this person's work love it. I did not love it simply because I think that Costello and his motivations were very elementary. He wasn't necessarily uh immature or underdeveloped as a character so much. It's just that if you follow a person for months in order to abduct them at the perfect time to bring them in to be your prisoner, you would think that logic would extend another step that you would actually know that this woman actually didn't have anything to do directly to do with your brother's death. And that was the part that really irritated me. Now, it was revealed that because what happened was his identical twin was scheming and scamming and pretended like he was so in love with Tatum when the reality is that he wanted his hands on Tatum's fortune. And in order to get that, he decided he was going to get there through her heart. So a lot of lies and everything are uncovered, and we learn that the twin that died wasn't really a stand-up guy, and that he had the motives that he had to trick this woman. However, I just think that you would have thought that all that investigative work would have heeded the actual... uh, culprit behind why the brother ended up being killed. Now to Costello's credit, her family did have something to do with his twin's death, but it wasn't as linear as that. It was her dad wanted to protect his child because his twin had threatened her life. So the dad decided that it is you if it's between you and my child is going to be you. So he made that choice. But the entire time that Costello's imprisoning this woman, he is proffering it as if she is the one who is directly responsible, like she put a gun in her hand and shot him. So I just thought that was a little bit of a miss for me. It, it just didn't land for me, unfortunately. Another thing that was so glaring that just did not land for me was his nickname for her little mouse. Now, for you all who are no strangers to the darker romance tropes, we all know that there's going to be some kind of a nickname that they're going to assign to the woman and they're going to continue to call you little mouse, little mouse, you guys. Every time I saw an instance of Little Mouse in this book, it was just really cringe, guys. I can't explain exactly why I felt that was so cringe, but perhaps, unfortunately, um, I had just heard it too many times. And, And it was really unfortunate because even for when this book was cut, When it was published, Little Mouse was already a well-worn, you know, um, tormentor's favorite name to give that woman that he wants to torture to death, you know. And every time I saw Little Mouse, I just felt like, man, this is super unoriginal. And this is not even a direct thing to the author, because like I said, it's not so much that she didn't execute it well. She did. It was just that she executed it too well. You know, certain genres have different story tropes that, you know, it's not so much when you write a book that you recreate the wheel because it's just not possible. I mean, people are going to do and say things ad nauseum and it's really difficult to package that up in a different wrapping. However... It's about what you do with it's about what you do with the story, even inside of the confines of the trope. And I just I don't think that this story did anything different for me. I did not get very much of a psychological um, jolting as I have in other dark romances, which Arthur's tend to tap into that pretty well. Now, to this Arthur's credit. Her staying away from that psychological bent did enable me to fly through this story and just gulp it down and do it without exhaustion because it can be extremely exhausting to go through the psychological torment. However, the psychological bent, depending on how far you delve into that area, It does give the story the nuance that it requires because the trope isn't going to change very much. So, as you can imagine, there was plenty of torture, you know, the gratuitous suffering over the fact that I love you so much. This is why I'm going to bring you to the brink of death. And we're going to, you know, enjoy each other sexually while we're doing it. Now, can I say here, Now, dark romances, this is the name of the game. I am no prude and I am not a social justice warrior. So when I read a book like this, I am not offended, you know, on a feminism level or anything by any of the things going on. None of that makes me blush or any of that. But some authors do a better job of selling this thing to me. And what do I mean by thing? And what do I mean by selling? Well, from my opinion, my perspective The whole I'm want to be tortured so much sexually that I want some pain and some blood and some cuts and some slaps and some punches and some hair pulling along with it. You have to you have to really be. Tapping into something special to be able to sell that to me and what I could not. I just never could get on board with the whole torture torturer tortures you out of love thing I was not oh, waving no flags like oh my gosh she needs to be protested for it was never that I just didn't feel that I felt that this Arthur did not execute the hypocrisy of the whole situation well because it is crazy and even the uh Tatum who's the female lead she even would voice what I think is the Arthur's voice by saying this is crazy I should not like this this doesn't make any sense and I appreciated the author for doing that because that is a good plot device in order to make sure that you're staying you know logically consistent inside of your story however I just never could justify why within the span of five minutes her being hogtied and hung you know, from some hook inside of the dining hall and her being beaten, right? It's like this scene that I'm depicting now, she's in the dining hall of Costello's family home, which he lives in, obviously. And she's hogtied and she's up, you know, hanging on display for everyone to see. And again, guys, I'm no flag waving folk, but I really had a problem with that because she was exposed, at least from the top, she was exposed. And then at one point she was exposed altogether. And these types of stories, these men are extremely territorial. And the last thing they're ever going to want to do is to ever be okay with putting you on display like that because they're super duper possessive and they don't want other people walking by you and displaying their lust and whispering what they're going to do to you in their you know your ear. she want he wanted to make her humiliation uh complete he wanted to show off the fact that he was avenging his father and his dad's death and this is the person responsible and that look guys This is going to be our prize in order to avenge, you know, our boss's death, etc. And in the course of this night, he ended up tormented because he was starting to feel things and he was kind of being protective a little bit. So his brother ended up deciding that, you know, we all want a piece of this torture. Why should you be able to enjoy it yourself? My brother and my dad also died and I want a piece of this action so I think you should allow me to lash her and all the men you know are in this dining hall and they're like yeah you know assenting to this suggestion and Costello's like man you know my back's against the wall I have to do this and so he's like okay do it but only five and then the brother is like no ten So, you know, he's like, okay fine. I kind of have to do this because I'm in front of everybody. But anyway, he proceeds to take his belt off and he lashes the girl. And it's excruciating, as you would imagine, that you would be hurt if someone lashed you like that. So he takes her down at a certain point, you know, after about seven because he can't take it. And then he takes her and he rescues her, as it were. And I'm thinking to myself, okay you're rescuing her. He takes her to his bathroom and he's like you know wanting to mend her put her in the shower you know and etc and while he's in the shower off the heels of being lashed by the brother he starts to beat her himself. But it's that BDSM, you know, ooh. It, only reason why it hurt from him is because it was not the right person. It wasn't me. You really wanted me to do it. And then she ended up liking it. And that pattern throughout the story took it away from me. It took it, it just took it from me, my ability to buy it. it it's a very fine line, that a dark romance author has to tread and it has to be really difficult to execute because in um, Pepper Winter's stories, her series, her pennies series, I bought that um, he loved her. I really did. And if I'm not mistaken, he called her little mouse in that, you know, it was just so cringe. And was it the residue of that? Which bothered me over here? No, because I just feel like it's always Little Mouse. No matter what, no matter what the dark romance is, it's always Little Mouse. It's like, girls, is there another word we can give our, you know, beaten to death, you know, sexual girl? Can we we give her a different pet name? It is so weird. So, these two fall in love, but it's that dark love now. It's that, you know... I'm going to tie you up with chains and those chains are suspended and cocked in such a way that you are in a permanent, you know, freaking, you know, suspended doggy style position where he can just have his way with you. And yes, let's bring in the knives and let's cut you. And, you know, I don't know, guys, I I am. I I don't know. I just felt, wow, this isn't this is not um, convincing me. That you love her. Um, my thing is this if you're going the dark romance route and you are an author, you're going to have to give a, it's like I think that there's such an impetus to want to give us a beating every time they are intimate with each other that it just makes their love trivial and very cringe it makes their love disingenuous simply because as you're reading the story as they develop and as you see he's finally giving into his feelings for her there's going to be times where you don't have access to chains and whips and knives and guns that you can you know put to her head while you're you know and my thing is yes you might like it rough and all of that kind of stuff but have you guys ever heard of moods? You might have a mood where you're not wanting to be taken to the brink of your pain tolerance. Maybe you just need to have a lazy session, you know, or this Arthur did not ever give me that tender part of Costello, not where he's got to be a little biatch. Nobody wants a man to be a little sniveller. But unlike in Pepper Winter's story, I actually was able to fall in love with the character of the male lead. Costello was unlikable for probably... The entire story. I remember I was about it at page 130 or so. And I was like, wow, this guy is super unlikable. Like I just there was nothing about it. And I, and I have to give it to the author. She said she enjoys writing characters with zero redeeming qualities. And because that is your thing, you executed that will. I never did that, but at the end of the story, when it was time to, you know, kind of entice you toward the next story, it was, I hope you fell in love with, you know, Tatum and Costello, and it was like, no, neither one of them. Tatum, she didn't have a whole lot of redeeming qualities. She was a young woman who flew the coop because she was rich and spoiled, and she thought that, you know, life had other things to offer her, so she went to New York, and while she was there, fell in love with his brother and uh, she was a little on the strange side because she liked to cut that helped her deal with her pain, which in these stories is so interesting because it's like, why can't the rich people just be happy? You know, because uh, yeah, but anyway, so she liked pain and that was supposed to, you know, dog whistle us to the reason why uh, when she had sex, she would want somebody to you know um put a a chain around her neck and you know break it in half while they're having sex I mean it starts to get stupid and this is the reason why the uh it just didn't land for me is because whenever someone hurt her he would come in and do the identical thing to her but it would be okay because he's doing it that didn't work that just did not work it did not work because in Pepper Winter's story, the monster in that story, uh, the guy who ended up trafficking our female lead in that story. He was a monster and he really did do the thing to her when the male lead uh, rescued her. You know, he has some humanity, he has some depth. He did have darkness, but he never really abused her as crazy as that's going to sound when they were intimate the pain came more so from a psychological position more from the pain of you know maybe the act of having sex but not that you guys are adding these different tools And he's purposely, you know, angling your arm so it'll feel like it's breaking and it's coming out of its socket. You know, just when he decided that he loved her and all of that, which was very soon and believable. The last thing he wanted was pain for her, even though it was a dark, psychological, twisted romance. So I just this just did not work for me. It was gratuitous. It was hypocritical because the very thing one person would do Costello would come in and do the identical thing and if for no other reason you would think that it would almost be a turn off for her even if she liked pain for him to come and do the exact same thing to her on the heels of what somebody else did it's like he never even gave her a chance to heal from the lashings from her brother before he took her in the shower and did more painful shit so this story I just didn't buy their love uh the conclusion what ended up happening was that you know it it came out that her dad was behind the brother's death but he was able to explain himself um may I also give another pro here and that was uncle Gino uncle Gino yes He, yes, if you decide you're going to read this story, you're going to love Uncle Gino. Uncle Gino is a literal G because his name begins with G, but he was spitting that cold game at Costello and I really appreciated his character and he really enabled me to have some spots of enjoyment in this story about halfway through. Um, You're really going to enjoy him, so I have to say that, but the end is when everything came to a head and he realized that the reason why his ambition to lead this family and to avenge his brother's death was spurred on by the manipulation of his mother who had always been a manipulative you know force in his father's life and the uncle was able to hip him to the fact that his mom was kind of the catalyst about behind a lot of his motivations that they weren't his own. He wasn't acting on his own will. He was borrowing somebody else's. And so when it came out, he had gotten to the point where he didn't want to hear anything but the truth from his mother. And when it got to the point where, you know, the drama's at its zenith, he ended up shooting his mother rather than... um you know anything happening to Tatum now the way that this ended up working um was at the end the whole mafia family is there you know he killed his cousin and she revealed that hey you killed your own blood and it was like yeah because he was gonna rape and hurt Tatum and the crazy thing is soon as you know, he killed his cousin for doing that. Then he went right behind him and started brutalizing her, too. So, again, it was just so, it just did not make a lot of sense. Um. So, anyway, he ended up shooting his mom in order to protect everything. And they ended up fissuring the family, fissured, Um. the Fatore family, which is what Costello was the boss of. But it fissured. So that his brother Vico was the unofficial boss and then he escaped with Tatum and his Uncle Gino and Uncle Gino's, you know, the family that he could garner to his side. And so that was kind of the end. These two, um, she, her father was ended up, um, was going to be bargained for her life, but it was really a double cross because before he fell in love with Tatum, he was going to act as though he was going to kill the father, you know, but actually he ended up um, wanting to kill both of them. But we know how that ended up. So they're at the end and they're numb. And, you know, it's been a few days since the shootout. And, you know, she's like, you can touch me. And yeah, you know, after all of that, I'm so sad about my dad's death. But yes, please take this knife and freaking give me open heart surgery while we're having sex because this is what I need to to survive you know it's just this one did not land for me I highly doubt that I will move on to book two but even with all that being said I think this Arthur did a fine job she really did because it did not make me I, I did not miss any beats uh reading this book it was extremely readable and if dark romance is your thing. Definitely give this book a read. As for me, I think that I am going to leave it right here at Blood and Lies. <laughs>